This episode of the podcast is with Human Offline, the ambient project of Andrew Long and Vinny Macias. Uh, I had Vinny Macias on the first episode, if anybody remembers or is listening. Uh, we hung out and caught up about his photography, his his film work, and Andrew Long, who I met for the first time today. Uh, so that was fun. We talked about False Dreaming, their latest single, uh, which has been in the works for some time. And I'm going to play a little bit of that, and then we're going to jump into the interview. Welcome back.
You know what I was thinking would be a terrible name for someone who was an audio engineer? Hmm. Testing. <laughs> Damn it. For anyone not here, we, we did about a minute worth of testing before or, or we started this. So. DB, if your initials were yeah. DB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or, or, yeah, or Mike. Or a Mike. Can you throw it down like 5 DB? <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, Mike. Where's Mike? It's right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Yeah. Uh, what what is like a what what's a big challenge in in audio engineering that like just nobody will understand who doesn't deal with audio engineering? What what's totally um, unrelatable do you think? From from my experience, I would definitely think yeah, just the whole like DB thing like decibels are like relative and like every time you go out 3 dB, it's like doubling the amount of power. Um I would say that's like the probably the the first concept that might be hard to like understand and you know i'm not really i'm not an audio engineer per se but mm. like i've been doing you know i've been doing like music production for about five years now so i kind of feel like i understand the grasp of it finally but i think that's the most like difficult aspect is like knowing um like gain staging and like your levels and um you know like just just basic like polishing of like audio like the, there's like an art behind it to how how to get it to a certain level where like it's not like disrupting any other signals and stuff like that like mm. signal flow is like another thing that like people should pay attention to but yeah that's that's like a i think a huge concept people should understand is like just overall dynamics and like gain staging mm. something um maybe you were telling me Vinny, the last time we did this we kept setting our drinks down on the table and it kept making a noise and I, maybe it was you maybe it was somebody else who was like why didn't you put a cloth on the table my friend was telling me and uh he he had done a podcast he's like put a cloth you keep banging on the on the table mm -hmm. and it's just that one little thing that you you know didn't think about and it just piles up into noise yeah. elsewhere. I, I mean sound, sound design in general just like when you go into different studios and you mm. see their their setup with all those foam things around yeah um i think that in itself is kind of just that that looks really intricate to me because i don't think it's all necessarily just arbitrarily done i mean obviously they you know but it, it looks that way to me whenever i go to a like a sound you know recording studio yeah. and i see that i just go like it doesn't it's what happens if you shifted that spots. a foot to the right yeah you know I yeah because it'll be like four pieces right yeah. and they'll be in the middle over here but some mm -hmm. of them will be offset over here you know mm -hmm. i'd like to know what they're seeing you know what, i would like to get waves are going i would like to just paste hundreds of peeps Everywhere. <laughs> see if that actually does the same concept because yeah, they're gonna get know. all stiff and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have a metal album yeah <laughs> that would be it yeah something like, food salty crackers I, <laughs> <laughs> waffles <laughs> i uh I, I have some foam like set up in my bedroom studio it's it's more about like understanding the size of your room and and like your space and if there's like a lot of reflection and stuff like that and like I know like a lot of bedroom producers, it's kind of subjective at times or like some people, like one thing you'll see is like people don't have like foam under their monitors and their mm. speakers and, and some do. And, um, and there's like these things called like bass traps that go in the corner. It's like made for the, to fit in the corner. And then you want to have like foam behind your speakers too, like on the wall. Like it just depends. It's um, interesting. That's yeah. Like <laughs> if you, if there's like a lot of echo in your, in your, in your room or, mm -hmm. you know, like too much, um, like white noise, but yeah, like that whole thing's subjective. Like, you, there's not, there's, there's not like too much you can put up, and there's, there's also like, you know, there's like you get to a point where you feel like there's not enough 
that's set up in your space. But it's all about understanding your space and like you know how sound is absorbed in there. Right. It's easy to become a gearhead, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if you have foam on every little thing, like. Yeah, I mean, you you can overdo it. I mean, it's it's all to your taste. Like, I don't. I my my foam setup, it's pretty minimal. But, like, again, I'm in a bedroom. You know, mm. like behind my workstation's my bed, mm. my dresser. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think would that absorbs sound pretty well, doesn't it? That big mattress. <laughs> it probably does. brilliant, brilliant design. In a perpendicular yeah. way. Like. Yeah, that was that was yeah. uh, totally you know intentional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great for ambient though. Yeah, yeah. So probably. let's talk about this new work. It sounded beautiful. I felt like I was in L.A. I felt like I was walking to my car after a show and just like all the chaos in the background. Oh, it Did it great. sound like awesome. you were searching for a parking spot? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like I was a little too stoned walking to my car, forgetting that I parked yeah. in the $15 lot yeah. and not the $20 lot. Yeah. You should have threw in like, yeah. like, like the sound of like horns honking at each other and... Like, Angelino is just like cursing and shit. Like yeah. That. yeah. That's the greatest part. Some homeless yeah. guy crossing everybody and then, you know, yeah. flipping out. I saw the spot, so <laughs> therefore it's mine, even though yeah. you're before me. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. Thank you for those comments. Um, yeah, that's, it's, it's that's, beautiful work, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, a, it's been a process. It was a journey. I mean, you know, three and a half minute song, but really, you know, the amount of, you know, little delicate, you know, structure and we did to it that mm-hmm. was that was for me it was an eye-opener because uh just really uh, what's funny is the other day i listened to our first first demo of it when i you know when i sent you that track and then when you gave me the first you know percussion part of it and all that and just to see where we've come from then is just insane mm-hmm. it's, yeah yeah kind of like watched it grow over the last year yeah yeah no um we we started it was it March of last year when you came over with your keyboard, um, so Vinny came over. Well, like I guess we can start about like how the whole concept started. Is that Vinny just made this melody on his piano, then he sent it to me and I heard it, and then you know asked if there's anything I can do with it. So I think I spent like I don't know, like an hour just putting together like a quick like one two minute song. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it was very raw and wasn't polished, wasn't mixed. You know, the kick was kind of like out of time. Like, you know, it was yeah. just it was just a very quick like sketch of, of you know, this idea. Mm-hmm. And I sent it back to Vinny and, you know, Vinny liked what he heard. And then from there, we just started to work on it slowly. And Vinny came over with his keyboard. Yeah. And played the melody. I mean, we, we, we have been wanting to work together again for quite some time, obviously, since Jetpacks, the mm-hmm. Jetpacks days. Um, and Andrew, since then, you know, he's been making his own electronic music under Human Offline. And I've always had an interest in just wanting to create instrumental music, you know, get mm-hmm. away from the whole need to need to put lyrics behind it. Um, and I've I've always had a you know I picked up the piano in the past couple of years and just love doodling with it and you know started you know assembling a library of just little melodies. Mm-hmm. And when I thought of that one in particular, I just there was just something about it that I just knew that one was something he would probably enjoy. Mm-hmm. And nice, lo yeah. And behold. Yeah, I mean, without that melody, the song wouldn't exist. And it, it helps, like, I think the best part about that, like, collaboration process between you and I was, like, the fact that we had a shared feeling for, like, Los Angeles nightscape. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, the twinkling lights in downtown. And like, yeah. no matter where I'm at, if I look at it from a distance, like, it always made me feel, like, really warm inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So I think that kind of helped. We kind of were, like, on the same, you know, frequency going into that making that song because we both shared the same feeling and it kind of helped bring that vision to life 
you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. this song for me really is a nighttime song. There's just there's there's something about that that nighttime quality that's just so different than, you know, the daytime. Just just the vibe, the energy. There's just something about it. Yeah, um, daytime noise is is very different. Yeah. it's a little. Bit I don't chaotic. know how I'd feel listening to this song laying out at Huntington Beach and at, you know. <laughs> the afternoon yeah you know you could still listen to it it sounded great i think it would sound great anywhere but but there is just you know for me it's it's uh you know that that melody for me is almost kind of like a uh, hypnotic you know because it just it's just it's repetitive but it just keeps you in that especially for me when i'm driving through la Mm -hmm. there's just that i always find myself in a reverie where i'm just kind of you know thinking a lot and just i just that's that's what i wanted this song to become and that's what it became and that's what's just so great about it Mm -hmm. yeah no, totally. I think one thing that helped out too was like we both love um, like movie soundtracks, you know. So to me, doing this, it kind of felt like we were composing like a score for uh, like the intro of like a TV show or something, or you know, like the theme song for a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that definitely was right. I pulled a lot of inspiration from that, like my love for for film soundtracks and scores. Um, you know, like Hans Zimmer's a huge influence. Um, obviously, like Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, those guys are my heroes and that's all they really do now just like film scores and, and now they're venturing over into like tv show scores too but uh oh but, really i didn't realize yeah they're scoring uh the new watchman oh series cool. on hbo and i think they scored <coughs> like a documentary for new york times which is really cool but um but yeah like i i tend to pull from um soundtracks or scores that tell a story mm-hmm. that tend to have like it, it stands on its own as like its own character Mm-hmm. sort of thing you know it's not just background it's part of the plot it's part of the story it's just part of like everything the characters are going through yeah so i try to imagine the the sound the music as another character that's kind of driving everything you know throughout that story yeah it's kind of like that ghost in the background that's guiding everybody's emotions and right and reactions to yeah. certain situations yeah yeah exactly so it's i think music in in film and tv are super important you know, and I know it's always been important, but like a lot of people, when they watch something, they just they just focus on like the dialogue and the action and mm. the Michael Bay explosions in the background. You know, <laughs> but to me, the the music is always one thing I always tune my ear to focus on the most. Mm. And then just going and picking up the soundtrack on its own without the movie, like yeah. the, the Inception soundtrack, Hans Zimmer. Do you did. ever do you ever find yourself? Um, obviously, you know. There's nothing more exciting than when you've seen a piece, you know, a piece of work that you like, a film, and you can't wait for someone else to watch it. Show someone, you yeah. know. And I remember even when I was younger, I just I couldn't wait for that certain scene that has that perfect music. You know, there's that certain part of the soundtrack. And I was like, oh, I wonder how they're going to react when they hear that part. You know, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and when I would see them, I don't think they would be reacting, but I know subconsciously for them it, that it was working. And that's you know, for me, that's music is the most important aspect of a film. You mm-hmm. watch a film without music, it's very very surreal sometimes yeah in certain scenes it works obviously you don't need music in every accompanying you know scene but no but while it's there it's even then it's subliminal yeah or even when it's gone it's implied you, you know, know? you've right. started to kind of more or less program yeah the viewer to uh to expect certain things you're guiding yeah. it you know that's it's amazing yeah you know very true there's so. such a value in it you, you imagine just like playing another you know white stripe song you know <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i i don't want to like call any movies out, but you know, like Suicide Squad was one of those examples where I felt like there wasn't a score. It was just like commercial music being played throughout like every scene, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like, I I wish it had its own sinister, dark score to it. uh, That really stood on its own, like something you could 
focus on why you watch the movie instead they just kind of threw in like random tunes here and there yeah that's like the movie i mean everybody does it right but uh like drive and or what was it baby driver wasn't that the one that's supposed to have like a killer soundtrack but it's all just pop music right it's it's all just Oh, yeah, they use, like, contemporary songs, like, kind of like a Scorsese film soundtrack. Yeah, which is really cool, but it's like, are they missing the point? Are they they missing an opportunity? Yeah. uh, Yeah. More so, to... uh, to really captivate this this yeah, audience there's, to really there's, drive the point home. There's right, definitely right. there's definitely like not a lot of films that I watch these days where where I leave humming the score. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we were all we're all from the same generation, so we remember, you know, we, we were we were helped in, you know, cinema through John Williams, James Hortner, mm. Hans Zimmer, all those guys and I mean really, I mean those were killer you know, killer scores. You just still remember them. They're still classic to this day, you know. The first one that um, comes to mind is Jurassic Park. Oh God, you know? yeah. You imagine watching that scene with the brachiosaur, hmm. the long, you know, uh, without music, or if it no. would just been, or if oh, it would right. been, or if it had been just today's music, where just this droning, you know. Yeah. Sorry, I went a little longer than normal. No, Just to get that dramatic. But you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like there's just like a lot of droning, like, just accompaniment, but it's not anything that really kind of acts as like a puppeteer to your emotions. Right. Um, how magical was that scene? You know, mm. right when we cut to that wide shot, the music kind of crescendos. It's just beautiful. Like, mm. they don't, I don't feel like there's that intention. There still is. You'll still see certain, you know, movies that do get it. And, you know, the director and uh, and composer know how to collaborate and pull that emotion. Mm. But I just feel like it's not as rampant as it used to be. I feel like if I were to see that in real life, I wouldn't be thinking of music. So it makes me wonder, like, I got to see it on screen. Yeah. You know, is that, does that matter? Or when you're watching this, when you're watching some, you know, idyllic scene, do you, does music come to mind at all? Oh, when I'm running, when I just go on runs, I, it, you know, you know, it's an action scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's an action scene. Cannibal corpse. You know, I'm running away from the cops every time I go running. It's just like a dramatic score. I'm kidding. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that would have been like great motivation to keep moving. It's like, yeah. oh, I have to leave now. Yeah. My motivation, <laughs> I just don't drink water beforehand. I'm just dying of thirst, and I have to hurry up and get home yeah. before I can drink. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, God. It's a good one. Yeah. No, it's terrible. I would just give up and walk back home. <laughs> <laughs> no, one thing I like doing is, um, like, the Inception score. I just recently watched that movie again. Hmm. It just came out, like, nine years ago. Mm-hmm. This oh month, God. crazy. I know it's crazy. Did um, Facebook remind you? No. Hey, good morning. <laughs> no. Look what happened this this many years ago. Time's going by. Better are you are you happy with your life? Because time's clicking. Yeah. Here's an obsolete thought. <laughs> that's your that's your chance to look back at what you said nine years ago. If yeah. it could be used against yeah. you today. Yeah. <laughs> and delete it. I'm you know, sure. Like, then you realize it's still one, the, actually there. Yeah, like, oh shit! I said that. The one thing I laugh about like, with my Facebook, my old Facebook post, is I didn't realize it at the time. But dude, back then I did everything in caps lock. Every post, every message was literally all caps. Like, so I was just this loud. I don't like know why. Old, like an old man just discovering I, the computer. <laughs> I, I don't know. And maybe it's because when I just write in handwriting, I'm, I'm all caps. Mm. So I'm just stuck oh, with I caps. Yeah. But uh, I am laugh. Every time I see a post from like seven years ago, eight years ago, I'll see the picture. And then I'll see what I put for the, for the post. And everything's mm. always in caps lock. It's hilarious. <laughs> Look it up, people. It's a, it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey from 2009. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, like the the Inception score I listened to recently, or sorry, I watched the mm. movie, and then I went back and listened to the score just you know in my headphones, and 
I feel like doing that, you kind of, you kind of like fill the blank, you know, use your imagination mm. to draw up like a picture or a scene that is playing to the music, you know, whether it's, it's like from the movie or it's just something else that's like just running through your head, mm. you know? So that's one thing I like about like film scores is I see it on film or, you know, I see it on screen, I hear it and then I, I play it back, just the score by itself. And mm. then I, I kind of like use my imagination to like create, you know, just different like visions in my head of, you know, just whatever the music is like making me feel. Mm. If that Do you chop sense. them up and play around with them or are you just writing your own things around it? Um, I, I just kind of like, I try to think of something, you know, um, that inspires me or like it could be it could be anything like if like there's this one track on that song it's called uh, I think it's called Mombosa it's a scene where like Leo DiCaprio is being chased in Mombosa mm-hmm. and there's like this really cool like percussive like pattern mm-hmm. being played mm-hmm. it's really intense like intense violins so like I think of that and I'm thinking like that'd be really cool to sample and then you know kind of like with audio, what I love about audio is that you can take something and you can you can destroy it and make it into something else, mm. and then just manipulate it so much to where it's it's not it sounds nothing like the original source. So sometimes I'll do that. Is like I'll I'll listen to something, I'll try to recreate it, but I don't want to copy that and use it. Like I want to actually I want to break it, I want to destroy it, I want to mold it into something completely different. Mm. But then knowing myself, knowing that the source is from this other thing is like you know just another like well of inspiration that i can turn to interesting so, yeah that's a that's a cool thing about audio that is fun to play around with that's so cool because i was thinking about taking this thing on the road or onto a hike saying going up to etawanda or something mm-hmm. and just recording whatever i hear around me and i'm like what am i going to do with this and i listen to things that you guys are putting out and then other ambient artists like brian eno for example he's a big one for me oh he's great um and i'm like how did you guys come to this conclusion you know like yeah. this final product it's so incredible to me yeah yeah, yeah. like there's this guy named john hopkins incredible musician he uh he does this thing where like he'll record a song and then he'll just completely just destroy it like he'll distort it he'll filter it he'll do all these things to it and then he'll he'll export it as like one file mm-hmm. and he'll use that as like an intro to another song oh, interesting. so it's like he creates a song destroys it and then t- like bounces it out into a different project mm-hmm. and then that's the intro of another song so it's like a song within a song but you would you would never know that right you know so that's that's the fun thing about like doing field recordings you could record something up at Etiwanda like you could literally just pick up like rocks with your hand and record that yeah and then you could split that up into like little particles like on a, a, like a, a doll like ableton or logic or something and you could loop it and there there's your drum pattern right there you know and that's right. something that no one's ever heard before so it's like you've kind of created something on your own you didn't just go to a website and download a loop you know you went out into the into the world and recorded it and then you just you know you kind of like sampled it and broke it down and made it into your own thing mm-hmm. which is like that's one thing I'm trying to do more of is like uh, field recordings to get more of like a like a natural source of sound instead of like just downloading something off the internet and you know trying to like manipulate that in some way. Right. Doing yeah. like getting somebody else's recording and then playing. Yeah, it, yeah. Just I mean, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of people. Well, do no, that. people do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's a lot more fun to be mm-hmm. creative and go out there and experiment with you know natural sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vinny, do you ever record uh, audio from these photos you take? I just imagine, I'm thinking of that, that last one, it was like this dry leaf, black and white, that you had posted. Oh, I yeah. just imagine you with a microphone, like, that would be a really interesting thing to catch. It actually would be. Um, 
No, that would be a cool concept, to be honest with you. I've never thought of doing that, but... Mm. Are there macro um, microphones, like macro lenses? Imagine. Where you can really get in there, you know? Yeah, no, I, I don't know why I haven't thought about that. That'd actually be a cool... That'd actually be a cool gallery. You know, you do a photo gallery where you kind of, you know... You have the photo, you have the final product for mm. people to see, but then you kind of... Re- you recorded the field noise of it. I don't know. This episode of the podcast is with Human Offline, the ambient project of Andrew Long and Vinny Macias. Uh, I had Vinny Macias on the first episode, if anybody remembers or is listening. Uh, we hung out and caught up about his photography, his his film work, and Andrew Long, who I met for the first time today. Uh, so that was fun. We talked about False Dreaming, their latest single, uh, which has been in the works for some time. And I'm going to play a little bit of that, and then we're going to jump into the interview. Welcome back.
That'd be I think that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, well, you you've been doing this longer than I have because when he you know <laughs> he left he left Jetpacks early on to where there I think there were still I mean we, still like three and a half years I was in the band or the band lasted because yeah. you left in what year what year did you leave uh, the band I left July, <laughs> eight years ago this month Wow what year was that I can't remember 2011 2011 yeah. and Jetpacks lasted till the win you know basically the the beginning of 2015. So during that, those, those years where you weren't there, I know you were already putting together and saving up money and you were buying your, your, oh, yeah. your audio equipment. Yeah, yeah. And then you were slowly putting it together. Um, uh-huh. So he's been working more in the ambient mm-hmm. realm than I have because I, you know, I was busy doing the rock music yeah. and just focusing on bass. But during that stretch, that's where I was starting to learn piano and just starting to play piano more. And I liked that, that I was able to kind of expand some ideas, some harmonies. Because with bass, it's kind of hard to do that. I mean, you can, you can research people that can do that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy people online that can do it. But uh, I needed, I had kind of given up on guitar, which is what really got me into music in the beginning. And obviously, guitar has that higher end. You can create more melodies. Mm-hmm. So I needed something to, to work with. And, you know, that's where piano came in. Yeah, mm-hmm. but during that time, I was starting to try to mimic my own, try to create my own scores, just little ideas. But I never, at that time, thought I wanted to pursue any ambient mm-hmm. music. Yeah, like I think uh, the way I got started was after I left Jetpacks. I kind of I didn't really do anything musically for a while. Like I, I think I took like two years to just kind of figure out like what the hell I was doing with my life. And mm-hmm. then once I was pretty much like at that point where I was on the right track. Uh, I literally downloaded this app on my phone. I think it was called like Figurehead by Propeller or, or vice versa, one of those two. But it was like this little app where you could just make basic synthesizer patches. And then there was like a sequencer for drums in there. So I just kind of messed around and I would export that into SoundCloud and upload it. And then I bought um, Machine. It's this controller. This thing's like my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. It's this controller with all these pads and knobs on it. It's, it's a drum machine. It's a synthesizer. You could put any instrument you want in there, any samples. So that's that's truly where it all started, and that was about five years ago when I bought that. And it has it has a coffee maker in it too, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, has, it has the whole thing mm-hmm. for those late night Wi-Fi, for those late nights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's a photocopier too. Yeah. No, because um, we but, still uh, need those. For yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that was that was truly when I started diving into making my own music and just messing around and making mistakes and experimenting and just uh, just learning it in and out, you know? Mm. I, I think one, one thing that a lot of people don't do when they buy something is read the user manual. You know, they just kind of, like, expect it to be plug-and-play and start messing with it until they know what they're doing. But, like, mm. I, I read the manual, you know, I, I walked myself through all the steps, and that's how I truly learned to, like, use this thing inside and out. Mm. Um, and then I just, yeah, I mean, I started just uploading random things to the Internet that I was making and half the time, like, these things weren't mixed or mastered or anything. They were just, like, now that I listen back to it, I'm like, fuck, what was I thinking? You know? <laughs> but, but this is what's crazy about Andrew is how dedicated he is. Not only did he read the manual, but he had to teach himself French because he only wanted to learn the French portion really? of the manual. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. That. That's what's amazing it about was, Andrew. It, it was that or German, you yeah. know. And- <laughs> like, which one sounds a lot yeah. faster? They didn't, they yeah, didn't, I, didn't, I, if it would have came with the Braille tablet... He would have been all over that too. Which is That's funny. the crazy thing about Andrew. He's just that dedicated to where he's. <laughs> yeah. Him sound in braille. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's that's how I 
kind of got started was just messing around and experimenting and uh, uploading things, whether it was, sounded good or bad. You know, I didn't really care. I just kind of like wanted to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it was, it might have even been like three years ago when you started sending me your ideas. You know, you'd send me things. And yeah, then, and I remember I just I just said it real blunt. I was like, you know, here's some ideas. And I at, at first I was kind of nervous to send them because it's like, you know, you're working on these things. Anything you work on, you think it's a great idea. Mm. And then once you put it out into the real world, suddenly you get the critic, you know, the critics oh, yeah. come. You know, get the get yeah. criticism, which is always you know, know it could be good. You want constructive criticism, but at the same time, you know, you, we're all guilty when we make art where we feel like, no, I I got it right. Yeah, it's right. This is it. So when I sent those off to him, I was like awaiting, like I was awaiting like the response. I was like, I was like, oh, you know, like see what he thinks. Like, will it just be like, oh, it sounds cool, it sounds great, you know? But no, he he couldn't have been more just like enthusiastic about it, and like you know, we need we need to work on these. And no more than a couple of days went by that he already sent me like a just a quick mock up of something, mm-hmm. and then that's when I knew like, okay, this is gonna be, yeah, you know, a good partnership, which is great because again, Andrew is. You know, I owe I owe I owe all the music that I played in my twenties to him. Oh, nice! You know, he's the one that. You know, when I was in high school, I was trying to find a band. I didn't mm. know how to find a band. I didn't. I didn't. I felt. I felt. I felt stupid putting up flyers. I guess I didn't want to do anything like that. I didn't know what to do. Go to go to like a music store and put up a flyer. So I didn't know That's what to do. Movie, so it? I was giving up <laughs> on music. Really, um, yeah. you know, I met him through our job in retail. So, uh, at the time, and I was kind of giving up music altogether because I just couldn't figure. You know. One of my cousin who I he played drums, he kind of gave up music, so I was like, I have no one to play with. Mm-hmm. So I was already giving up giving up music altogether. And then when I met him, and he told me he was in a band, and then from there, that's then 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 their bass player dropped down, and then he offered me a you know spot, and then that happened, you know, and I had a great stretch of my twenties, you know, playing music. So it's really you know I owe that to you because really I would have I would have given up on music altogether probably. Damn. Yeah, I was like, I was, dude, I was more, in fil- I was more into film. <laughs> I was more into filmmaking, yeah. uh, and even then, at the time, I was struggling with trying to figure out what did I want to do as a filmmaker. Did I want to direct, write? I really didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess at that time, it was that transition of actually learning how much work goes into actually making a film work mm-hmm. outside of home movies. You know, because at the time, that's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. So, but then once production. I once the real reality set in of like how much work it actually takes to make something, mm-hmm. whether it's music or film, or whatever. I got a little discouraged and then I just really didn't know what I was doing altogether. Mm-hmm. So when I got you know, the invite into the band, it brought me back to, you know, that passion that I did have, mm-hmm. which was music. You know, that's when you start to prioritize, right? When you realize the difficulty or the learning curve of whatever discipline, yeah. music, photography, filming, you're like, okay, that's hard. I can do it, but do I want to do this? Or do yeah. I want to focus my energy yeah. elsewhere? Because it, right. it has to be where it doesn't start feeling like work anymore. Yeah. And that's why, you know, that's that's when it's right. You mm. love doing it because you just love creating. Yeah. It should never feel like a job in any way. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work, like anyone's job, but you don't regard it as a job. But because you can't you wait just, for the payout. Yeah. You know? And that's what it's all about. Like, I, I love the process now. I, even hearing them, you know, we're going to, you know, we have future things we want to work on, but just knowing that I know Andrew is he is a sarnic architect he can take stuff and the fact that he wants to record sounds out on the field and mm. put those together like, I can't wait to what, what we come up with like that mm. that and I know he has that passion of wanting to do it it's not just like oh I gotta I gotta go out tonight I gotta go get some sounds like no he like loves that that concept so right you know yeah no I think one thing that helps that too is uh, and this can be applied to like anyone or anything is like it's kind of like when you go on Facebook and you announce to the world that you're you're going back to school or something, you know, mm. and you just tell everyone and you just keep telling people and keep telling people. But then you reach a point where like, you just don't do it. 
Mm. You just kind of wanted to like announce it, but not actually take action. So I think one thing I like to do is I don't like to really announce things. I just think of what I want to do and then I just do it. And then once I'm actually doing it, then I can like share it with people. Right. Because it's true. It's like, it's just weird, like mental trick. It's like, you know, I'm, because there, there is that, I think the cheapest thrills of all these days is when you just get a lot of likes mm. of saying something. Yeah. You just say, I'm going to do something. Even just yeah. say you're going to do something and you see all these likes, it just gives you this ego and like boost. Like, but I could then, do this. But then out then of nowhere, months go by and you realize, <laughs> then that Facebook memory comes back. Then you wake up and it says, hey, this happened a year later, you know, last year. Yeah. And you look at that and you go, oh, oh. Like, oh, I never did that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I should probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. So if anything, Facebook's, Facebook's maybe good in that regard that it, it, you know, holds a mirror up to you and says, oh, yeah, hey, it shames you. what have you been doing yeah. since this date? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Facebook. Yeah. It's good for that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. reading an article about how they were saying, um, like, psychologically, you should announce your projects or whatever like i will go back to the gym because now people are gonna more or less hold you accountable yeah it's like i disagree none of my friends hold me accountable to anything i announce on facebook at all so i just had to stop yeah yeah it's it's obviously the we we, him and i talk endlessly about this it's obviously there's just so much information there's so many posts to see so many things to see that it's hard for anyone to, to to lock in on any one post by someone that they know and really give it their full attention or full response you know what I mean? Right. You know, that's the, mm. but for me, I agree with him where it, it is that you just got to kind of isolate yourself from that when you're creating and just get lost in the cre- creating process mm. and not worry too much about, <clears throat> you know, about telling people about it until it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I, at least I've found like, cause for me, it's just, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to just, I want to work on it. I want to work on it. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. Mm. And you know, I, I found, started doing that. Oh, god. Yeah, no, I was just saying, and he, you know, I finally found someone the perfect, you know, you know, partnership to where we can work together, you mm-hmm. know, on things in the future. And I just know he's as committed as I am, and he's as excited to want to see what can happen from a little germ of an idea. Because hmm. any any idea you first start with, it's not that exciting. And that's <laughs> like when I think about, yeah, like okay, I created that little piano melody. I liked it, but if I would have just recorded that and put it at, put it out to the world. It wouldn't have been that exciting. Mm. It wouldn't have been that interesting. Someone would have listened to it once, but like, oh, cool, that's cool. Yeah. But so what I'm saying is, when you when you when you go back and hear from when I created that, gave it to him, and then to hear the final product, it's like it's insane. Like when I think about all the different demos, or, you know, different uh, take you know takes he would send me, revisions and revisions. I just go, oh my God, people don't realize how much work went into that. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's something to be said about collaborations too yeah. it's like you want to do yeah. it on your own and see what see how far you can go but it's like and there were things we even locked in. there mm. were things we even locked down literally like right before the final mix where you decided to add you know that the snare came in a little earlier yeah and that that i think works so good i'm like glad we came i'm glad we both came to that agreement yeah so it's that process it takes so much time but it allows you to to keep uh looking at it from different angles mm-hmm. and do you two have um, conflicting influences that kind of bled into the process, or maybe you're not there yet? Uh, I don't. Know well, if... I wish he would listen to more Britney Spears like I do, <laughs> but he's too cool. Yeah, I was on the fence about that one for a while. <laughs> no, because yeah, um... her, her, that the audio engineer and like this, the ambience in those albums, those... <laughs> yeah, especially, it, 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 yeah, especially the ma- the mix of it, you know, because she does she preserves dynamics like you were saying. It's all oh yeah, know, pop man. music is just 
you know. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> he, I think the one thing we went back on back and forth on the number one thing we went we went back and forth on that might have been conflicting was like, do we want this thing to be loud and punchy and in your face, or do we want it to be you know kind of like calm and and full of dynamics and um, you know full of different layers mm-hmm. um, to the point where it's it just kind of makes you feel very relaxed. Um, so we we played around with like two different types of uh, like versions of the song. Like one was loud and punchy. The other one was like, you know, a little quieter, but mm-hmm. it, you heard a lot more detail in it. Um, so I think we opted to find a space, you know, a spot in the middle between mm-hmm. that. So yeah. it's it's dynamic, but it's also still you know playing back at a nice loud volume to where like it's not which like, I like. It's, it's one of those songs track. where you have to turn up. You turn up to hear it. Yeah, which I, I think is a to- great <laughs> theory. You know, which was. I remember when we were recording in Jetpacks, you know, the our producer was like, you know, usually he he had one because th- we asked him. I, was, I said, why are why are some songs, you know, I'll be listening to my my iPod. Is that still relevant? <laughs> I have my iPod. I'll listen I to my iPod. I have mine. In I'll listen Corolla to my iPod, <laughs> and I notice one song is really loud, and then when it goes to like an like an older song, oh, yeah. it's suddenly lower. Mm-hmm. And when I asked him about that, there's there's probably obviously a lot of different you know reasons behind it, but on his from his perspective, he said, you know, you do you do want to create that that mix where it's like you suddenly hear that song and if it's good enough you're like you know what hire that i gotta hear that you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. one of those kind of things and we created a song like that rather than just totally in your face just a wall of sound which yeah. is you know usually but like you said this isn't an edm song this no. isn't a it's 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 a it's a quiet soundtrack you know it's a quiet you know song to a soundtrack mm-hmm. to a film that doesn't exist but i'm saying like it has that quality and if you listen to those kind of songs they're not they're not mixed that way, where they're really loud and just in your face. Right. So. And that cover art is yours too, right? That, that, that is. photo? Yeah. That is. That really brought ah, it home too. It. I, oh, I really yeah. love that because it's, uh, as it's repeating, it just reminded yeah. me of LA. Like every street you go down starts to look the same after a while. And just, I yeah. don't know, there's so much to that. Yeah. Know? That was a, that was a fun little session that I, that I, that I did up at uh, Griffith, Griffith Observatory. That's uh, where you took that from. I took oh, it wow. overlooking, uh, overlooking the city and uh just zoomed in and i think i think it was like a five second exposure and you just you know you just slowly keep zooming out in these intervals Mm -hmm. and it creates those light trails but uh, you know with every one i did i it's they were completely different some that you see the trails more vividly Mm -hmm. but that one just has a nice kind of i don't know stacked quality to it uh because i took a lot and i sent it to him and we actually had other ones we were optioning but then once i showed him that one Mm -hmm. he immediately was like that's the one Mm -hmm. we gotta use that one yeah, so, it really it really nailed the sound. I think. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was the goal. And uh, you know, I I love taking pictures of that city. You know, I, I have such a love and hate for that city. I think the majority Same. of my hate just comes from the parking. Yeah, <laughs> you know, living out parking, here, parking the people, living out in the Inland different. Empire my whole life. I'm just used to finding parking. <laughs> so when I go somewhere where there's suddenly no parking anywhere, I go, I start getting a little, you know, yeah. testy. Yeah, I had a friend asking me if, <clears throat> when I when I was going to move to L.A. and like work out there and stuff. I was like. I don't know. I can't yeah. do it. But I definitely do love love that city. There's a lot that that city has to offer. I love hanging out there. Yeah, there's a lot sure. of cool stuff. It's a lot to and, do. Yeah. And this, the you venues know, are phenomenal. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you know, in this, if I were to say a film for me, that this that inspired when I think about the image, when I think about the song, and I think about imagery, I think of Collateral. If you remember that, Collateral. Movie, Jamie Fox yeah. And, uh, Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. There was I a really cool that. club hit. I always loved that, that film, even as a kid, and. And even when you watch that movie, the director wanted the city to be a character. So you always see downtown L.A. somewhere in the backdrop. Mm. And his his obsession with using all natural lighting for the scenes, with the majority of it, mm. to just capture that, you know, 
that feeling of the city. Like I, that, that for me, when I think of the imagery in that movie, I think of false dreaming. Oh, totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Or La La Land. Or La La Land. Okay. I didn't no, actually see it. I'm totally kidding. Drive. <laughs> Drive was like. Yeah, Drive's another one that has yeah. a very good hypnotic feel mm. to that city. It's a, it's a. I don't know how I feel about Ryan Gosling, so I, I still haven't seen it. You haven't seen Drive? No. You what, know what? You'll change your mind about this man. Here's the thing. Yeah. You see this movie. <laughs> Here's no, the thing. About he he kind of fell into this, <laughs> yeah. he fell into this groove where he kept playing that same kind of character. Yeah. But I would say of all the films where he kind of plays this reserved, quiet, real, emotionless being, I think Drive was a really good one. Mm. And especially, I liked it more than Baby Driver, if you were to compare those two. I thought it was weird that they made a sequel immediately, but uh. <laughs> well, that was that was like in our childhood, but they had uh, you know they had Deep Impact, Armageddon, yeah, Volcano, Dante's Peak, yeah, and all those. This was like a new one where Every it was like we got to follow ever. two getaway drivers in you know L.A. I really liked uh, I really liked Drive. That one was uh, probably my favorite movie of his recently, mm. of recent memory. I think my favorite has to be Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I didn't see like, it. Oh man, you got to see it. Yeah, I think Blade Runner. When I was making the sense for this track, mm-hmm. um, I was trying to like, because one thing I like to do is listen to other people's work to get like inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the Blade Runner soundtrack. Um, you know, I, I love like 80s synthwave sounding stuff. Um, that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of moving more into like the territory of that sort of sound right now. Like artists like Calm Trues, Kisafelstein. Um God, who else is it? I can't think of them right now, but like the 80s, like washy type of synth sound. Right, right. I love that. No, I, lo- I love that texture. And that's like one thing I kept in mind when I was making the, the synthesizers for this track. I, I basically took three different synths and I just layered them on top of each other. So each element kind of comes in at a different interval and it kind of creates like this breathing effect. So, you know, you can kind of hear it slowly coming in. Like it's just kind of coming up to the surface for air, you know, like if it's like underwater or something. Yeah. Um, so that, that's what I was trying to pull from. And so Blade Runner 2049 was like the sound of like, uh, to me, that's like another theme of like the city's a character sort of thing. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. The, 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 eight, uh, the first one is like one of my top oh, yeah. five favorite movies. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like I, I just found out that the, the Blade Runner soundtrack, the first one, the composer, uh, is it? Van Gellis. Van Gellis. He used presets on one synthesizer. Like he literally just like, you know, was going through presets that were already programmed uh-huh. into the synth. And that's all he used. You know, he oh, didn't wow. like actually design the sounds himself. Really? That's, oh, that, that's what I heard. That score worked with what he yeah. had. Wow. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, that's, wonderful score, though. That's a really cool thing to do because you're kind of like limiting yourself to what you have at your disposal. Mm-hmm. You know, and I then remember, getting creative with man, it. And I remember when I first watched that movie, I had never seen a film that made me feel viscerally that, like the way they depict L.A. in the future, and then, which is actually 2019 now. Um, <laughs> I have a joke after that, uh, but uh, just the way he, his music like just perfectly complemented that that over industrialized landscape Mm -hmm. it just was so perfect oh my god that's just such a beautiful score amazing score Mm. um i gotta see it i read i read the book a long time ago and then that's you know again it's one of those films where it's a slow burner Mm -hmm. for someone like me who loves if you, you love visuals you're i mean the film it's probably one of the most gorgeously shot films ever Mm. i think um, anyone that loves cinematography, photography in general, mm-hmm. watch that film. Uh, it's just, I, that's, that's really what, if you're looking, if you're reading, if you want to watch it for a story, don't, because it's very <laughs> art housey. Uh, it, it has a story, but it's, 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 it's great very story. complex, but it's, it, it's, it's subtly complex in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, 
with what Andrew's creating recently, that I think Blade Runner is kind of the best depiction of. of uh, oh, definitely. No, that's uh, it's a lot of fun to make sounds like that because, you know, if you listen to like a lot of sound design these days, everything kind of sounds the same, or a lot of people just like literally get like a preset and just run with that for as long as they can. But mm. if you truly learn how to, you know, build something from scratch, you know, you start with an oscillator and you pick a wave type and then you, you just build from there, you, you put it through a filter and then you shape the envelope of it, you know, mm. you just mold it to, you know, something that's coming out of your brain. Mm. There's nothing more satisfying than that, you know, than yeah. it, it's, you know, it's like uh, just getting a canvas, a blank canvas and just, you yeah. just start painting. And then by the time you're done, you're like, Holy shit, I did this. Yeah. You know? So I think there's, that's, that's part of the creative process is to experiment and play with things. And then, um, you know, save that as put that like in your, your arsenal of instruments and then that's part of your character. It's part of your, you know, part of your brain, basically. Mm -hmm. Doing something like that. Part of that. your personal library of, right. of creations, of creativity. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like, like a Mr. Potato Head bin of creativity, yeah. you know? <laughs> so yeah. I, like, I like doing that now. Like, I mean, sure, when I started making music, I didn't know what the hell I was doing mm. for, like, the first year. I just was um, relying on, like, what others had done and using that. But then looking at the construction of something and then trying to break that apart can also teach you like how to make it your own mm -hmm. in a sense. But, um, yeah. yeah, with false dreaming, I'm really happy how it came out. And I think the last, the last element that we decided on, I think was, uh, not, not the loudness, but you know how like the, the hi hat comes in at one point and it yeah. kind of bounces from left to right in your headphones. Yeah. I think mm. that was like the final thing yeah. I did yeah. was like, wait a second, hang on, we got to pan this. <laughs> no, we got to put now, movement in this hi-hat because it just, it just adds to like this dimension that you know, you're going through when you listen to this track. Mm. Well, for me, one of those great, I listened to the track, um, one of the great coincidences, and this is why, again, it just feels right working with him is because for me too, this melody was very... Uh, I, I wanted to create something that obviously sounded like the nightlife, but I, I have an obsession with thinking about about any one city and just all the past people that have occupied it, you know, mm -hmm. all the past souls. Like I have an, I have total interest of like you know the idea of history. I love that. Um, so I wanted to you know for me I was think you know death was kind of like something planted in my brain while I was creating this, just thinking about all those past souls that have you know resided here and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to create a, something that kind of sounded like that. Within the with, within that landscape of a you know city, mm -hmm. um, and what was so great about that is I remember I, I didn't tell you about that I didn't tell you that theme that I was thinking about, and when you made when you sent me one of the mixes you added uh, sirens, which are you can hear in the track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me that was totally like oh my god I didn't even tell him about this idea that I was that I was thinking about this idea of mm -hmm. you know the past and all these you know death in general and how we're all kind of inevitably kind of marching towards it and here, and here like he has of, and here yeah. he put these mm. sirens in it mm. throughout the track you can hear it just buried in there and i mm. thought oh my god that's such a cool like what are the odds like mm. he would have you know tapped into like going i think we should add should add that and obviously he was trying to find city sounds so we got the rain mm -hmm. uh but uh obviously when i heard the ambulances i was like oh my god he's like he like read my mind mm. wow oh, cool that was kind of interesting to me I wonder if at a certain point, especially for musicians, if, if you're like on some level one way or another, your brainwaves just start to sink, you know? I believe it. Yeah. It has to. When, when you look at classic albums, any, any artist's classic album, mm. they were obviously just in this pocket <coughs> where suddenly it just, they were able to churn out these great songs, mm. one after another. And even when you hear the B-sides of, of that album, 
sudden you're like, man, they were just, they were all tuned into this frequency yeah. and it lasted for that specific amount of time to where they were able to create something just masterful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always happen. <laughs> it doesn't. You look no. at any artist, any one artist's career, there's no way you can retain that, that, you know, that output. Right. On but that note, did you, oh, go ahead. How interesting it is, but how you say that there, hmm. I do believe when people are creating, they're able to suddenly, you know, when it, when it really works, mm-hmm. that's because they're perfectly in sync. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder how, what the range of that is. Do you think it's like two people, five people, you know? I mean, look at bands like, like Radiohead, LCD Sound System. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, what are they called? LCD Sound System has like eight people, right? God, yeah, crazy yeah, amount. Yeah. Or rotating too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like rotating members. Um, like Nine Inch Nails does the same thing. Sometimes there's four of them. Sometimes there's like eight of them. Um, I just think it depends on finding the right people that kind of you can synchronize with, you know, on a wavelength of creativity. And then you, yeah. you kind of find that out when you're in the process, you know, mm. like a lot of, uh, God, what, I can't think of that band, uh, Fleetwood Mac, like okay. Fleetwood Mac, you know, like that's another big band right there. But, um, like band, bands like that, like you have to get the right people together that can perform or be in a room together that are being creative and that's when you truly find out like this person is you know riding the same wave as I am mm-hmm. and if that person there's another person that isn't you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but but basically you can also pull ideas from that person to help you feel inspired or creative and then you guys can start a collaboration process from there um, but yeah I feel like as long as there's two people sharing the same brain for, you know, one project or several, mm. um, you'll be able to be, you know, in tune with each other on your ideas and your process and your techniques. Yeah. And that's one thing too, is like, um, I felt like I helped you learn a lot about like the mixing process mm-hmm. and the mastering process and like why certain decisions are made over others. And, you know, you have to make sacrifices for certain things or, mm-hmm. um, you know, every decision you make has to be important. You can't just like, put something in there and not do anything to it or not not clean it up or not polish it because that could be a problem later down the line you know every artistic decision you want to make you want to make sure it's conscious you know like you're you're doing it with purpose mm. you know yeah i fought and fought for the kazoo to be in the soundtrack <laughs> no yeah, couldn't find it otherwise yeah thank you andrew for not allowing that yeah yeah i mean maybe maybe the next one will have some like clarinet and flute and xylophone yeah. and mm. Just a yeah. whole cacophony, just a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Did um, you guys uh, happen to hear Radiohead's uh, released, like, kind of under duress, uh, all of their recordings, uh, like studio recordings and super rough cuts and that's sort what? Of oh thing. no! But I'm now I'm very intrieved. Oh, when they I got, got hacked. That. Yeah, they got yeah, hacked. Yeah, I read about that. Oh, oh nice. So crazy. Yeah. Was it because they were using the Face app? <laughs> <laughs> just before the Face app. Oh man, yeah. if you're using that happened. thing. I know, I used it, I was like, oh, that'll be interesting. It made me look like shit, and I was like, okay. And then I read the article, and I was like, oh. The only intrigue I had, I didn't didn't download it. The only, but anyone that has it, or I want to do, I wanted to get a picture, you know, it'd be cool if you got a picture of your parents when they were young, and see how accurate it, it made it look. Mm. So then, then you can go, okay, then this is probably what I'll look like. Yeah, I look like my dad, definitely. Like when I but did it, I looked. See, don't like you think that. they should have something though? When you go into it, you should be able to have these filters where you say, "Okay, I want to know what I look like in twenty years." And through that twenty-year stretch, I'm going to be a heavy drinker. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get into meth. I'm going to get into all this, this shit. Cheeseburgers and, and, every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How am I going to look if I just live off McDonald's <laughs> and fast food for the next 20 years? Like, it should be that accurate. I mean, shit, Eventually, I want a broccoli scale. If, yeah. if it made you look good, then why not, yeah, you know? Exactly. <laughs> then it tells you, all right, this is your diet yeah. for the next 50 yeah. years. If you yeah. want to look like Brad Pitt, yeah. you have to eat 30 cheeseburgers a day. Yeah. All those things. Ah, so. Super size me. Yeah, I, didn't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I didn't have an interest in that in in seeing what I look like when I was older. Um, I don't oh, know you why. just oh, I I just figured but it, you were my, it mushroomed, paranoid. About it like mushroomed overnight. It mushroomed overnight. Um, yeah. We should have paid for uh, an ad on FaceApp for full streaming. <laughs> <laughs> We'd already be touring off it with that one song. We just Seriously. go. We just play one song <laughs> everywhere. Play for three minutes. All right, bye. Um, Gone. They're using. Um, Somebody said that they used it for the new Star Trek uh, trailer. Are you guys uh, Which one? into Star Trek at all for Picard? For the new spinoff with uh, Picard? Yeah, 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 I saw the, that post. But I in- posted like 100 things. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, so they have data, data, well, like a, uh, a duplicate of him looking like he does now. But it looks terrible because he hasn't, he's aged and an android wouldn't, right? So he yeah. looks like he's aged clearly and his face yeah. is just painted kind of green and uh, it looks like somebody put the face app, the younger version, on him. And they're like, the producers are like, let's just put the face app on him. Nobody will notice. We don't have time to make Brent Spiner look younger. <laughs> and uh, everybody's complaining about it. It just looks terrible. Oh, God. <laughs> it's kind of like the Sonic thing. But yeah, not, yeah. Oh, not so funny. much of a... That was funny. Well, Sonic issue. is off the hook now because uh, I, I didn't watch the trailer, but... Oh, I did. The, the cats, I remember that. You hear, you hear about the Cats trailer? No, the live action uh, I cats. Heard of it, yeah, it it looks. I mean, it makes Sonic look like the Mona Lisa compared <laughs> to the cats uh, VFX. Yeah, but yeah, uh. it just looks like superimposed faces on people, like on these on these, oh, no. these characters. It doesn't look very good. But I wonder if they're gonna like give into the fan feedback and undo it all and then redo it. You know, well, kind Sonic, of Sonic did, right? So yeah, yeah. Which is that's dude, that's crazy. I can't. We've believe listened to everyone's that. our popular popular opinion, and we've decided to burn the film. Yeah. I'd be so crushed if I were the animator, especially yeah. working on something. But that's what's like so <laughs> devastating about art is, uh, and this, ha- this happened to another guy. He like he tried to do something different with his like touring production, mm. and he was getting like booed off stage, and, and that's that's a horrible Ouch. thing to do to like to an artist that you're 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 paying money to go and watch their live show, and like, they're pouring their heart and soul into this mm. thing, and then to not be your expectation, why do you have to you know boo them and heckle them off the stage, mm. you know when just because they tried to do something different and it wasn't really your thing doesn't mean you have to go there and just shame them for it. Yeah. That that's horrible and I feel like that's the online culture now is like is the mob mentality. Yes and no because musicians have always gotten that and comedians always get that. Yeah. <clears throat> Not yeah. so much animators, right? Yeah, but and, it feels like it's going that direction now, yeah. you know. Yeah, and that's where I come in and think like I don't think art is a democracy. I don't, you know, I'll create something. If you don't like it, fine. You can talk shit all you want. Yeah, I don't care. Exactly. I did this. People like it or they don't. Whatever. That's me. You know, hopefully people have that that kind of wherewithal to ignore just obnoxious critics. Right. But, yeah, don't worry about them, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard not to when you have like 100 million people online telling you your artwork is bullshit. And, yeah, you know, but you know, start fuck over. you. You make something, you know, you make something and let exactly. me critique it. You know, there's, yeah. it's the you mass, gotta, a lot yeah. of people do that. Like they don't make art and then they talk shit about 
someone else's art and then you know it's like okay well how about you try to make something mm-hmm. and you can see how it feels to <laughs> you know have something you, you poured your life into just be yeah. destroyed overnight just because of you know people's opinions did you ever see uh miyazaki the the uh anime what did he do spirited away all those movies mm-hmm. no i never saw those uh i saw one of i think i saw spirited away and then he did like the moving castle and it's just anime right all hand-drawn stuff and the yeah. guy i think he's still alive He's been hand-drawing since he was a teenager or something like that. All these incredible uh, animations. And some kid came up to him, some college student, with uh, digital techniques that they've been working on. And they're going to start doing digital animations. And we have these new iPads. And we're going to do this and that. And he just, like, in his, like, old man way, just tore it apart and this kid looks so sad oh man because he's just like fuck this why are you why aren't you hand drawing that is the artwork and then you know or that's the process that's the art yeah and this kid just looks crushed he's like my hero please look at my work and he's just like fuck you oh, <laughs> yeah <God. laughs> oh wow soul crushing it's different when it's a fellow artist right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i can relate to that like i when i, I released an ep last year um and you know, like I was, even though I feel like there's a lot more things I could have done to it to make it sound better or just be a little more like versatile, you know, because the way I see art, art's never really finished. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could easily take something that you did 10 years ago and keep adding to it, but you don't want to do that because you'll never finish it. But, um, you know, well, I, it's a, it's a distraction. It's a way too. to procrastinate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So with my EP, there was, uh, I think I submitted a, one of the songs to like a couple of music publications. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was all the same like response. Like, yeah, we like the vibe. It sounds cool. But, um, you know, we don't really know if this is like what, what we want to like talk about. Um, or like the, the kick is too aggressive in your song or like, oh, wow. um, you know, like it's, there's not enough drops, like stuff like that. And I'm like, you sent these to, to the, the editors of these publications. Yeah. Like, uh, like a couple, I forget what it was, but you could send, um, I sent it out to like a couple like um, publications that just like review and critique music, mm-hmm. you know, just to see if they want to like talk about it or write about it or something. But um, you know, it was all the same feedback. Like, uh, I think you could have done this differently, or I think you could have t- uh, turned this thing up, you know. But it's like, dude, I That's... made these, I made these conscious decisions yeah. for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not trying to cater to everybody, you yeah. know, because then if you're just making art for the world, if you're just making art for people and their demands, then you're not being true to yourself. You know, it's like yeah. I'm gonna make what I want to make. And, um, you know, make it for me mm-hmm. and you can come along for the ride or not, you know, that's up to you. But like, uh, like the whole thing with the Sonic example, it's like, though, I feel like those animators just should have just like stuck to their guns, you know, like yeah. it, mm-hmm. it looks silly, but like now you have to undo all this work and go backwards just to cater to pissed yeah. off people that probably aren't going to watch your movie. They just want to jump on the bandwagon yeah. of hate. <laughs> like how many you know? of them are actually going to see it? It's, always the, it's case. the mob. It's the fucking it's mob always, mentality. Yeah. Don't, you know? trust a, don't trust an angry yeah, mob. I, yeah. I, can, I can easily sense who's <clears throat> being sincere and insincere on, on like a comment section of anything. Yeah. You know, reviewing stuff. But like you said, it's, I think it's important as long as you're happy and you're completely sound with it. You just go, I, I did the best that I could. And I just, I, I think it's clean. I think it's great. And that's good. And mm-hmm. then you know what? People are, you know, this is why the world is the way it is because people are allowed to have opinions. People are mm-hmm. allowed to be different. And you should just be able to roll with the punches and not care and just keep moving on. Exactly. Yeah. But on that note, it's like, oh, fuck you. Why don't you create something? You know, that sort of, well, yeah. that sort of response. <laughs> it, it, in, in this day and age, you know, with, with the, uh, 
with the immediacy now with like apps and how easy it is to like create stuff, generate stuff. People mm -hmm. don't realize, you know, like, you know, when you actually do put your mind into something and creating it, it's more than just putting it into an app and it automatically generates it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's an art, you know, even a photography, you know, my process is, you know, you get the photo, you know, you take the picture, but then half of half of the art is in the is in the editing and how you approach it and mm -hmm. how you how you manipulate it because you know I don't know that it's just a, it's a process in it you know for me I get I, I explain this to him I you know because there's just so much information now I just feel like it's hard to find peep a concentration of people who really really care about anything you put out there you know mm. what I mean because there's so much of everything out there yeah. that you know it's it's just kind of hard to know. You wish, you know, you, you, you put something out there and you hope people really feel what you were feeling and tapping into it. Not saying they don't just don't, they don't like, they don't agree with it, but it's almost like there's just not a concentrated form of like people really engaged. Like an example is like at concerts. It's like, you know, everyone's just so busy to get, uh, uh to put, to upload an Instagram story while yeah. the, while this, while the artist is playing. It's like, mm. just forget about that. Cause in the end, you know, it's, I looked at my old phone and I saw videos I took when we went to go see Arcade Fire. I hadn't seen them since. I hadn't seen that video since, and I said, what was the point of this? I know what the point of this was. A cheap thrill on Instagram, just to show people. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, that. what I saw, even when I plugged my headphones into my phone to listen to the playback, it was shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, but when I was there, and my soul was taking that in, when it was absorbing those sound waves, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. I kind of do mean? that on purpose with Instagram, with yeah. um, with stories. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize you could save them until fairly recently, but I try not to save them anyway. Like It's just yeah. that cheap thrill. I want to do this now. I don't want to look at this later. I don't want this to take up space on my phone. I'm going to take this video and then put this back in my pocket. And mm -hmm. then I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. And that's how it should be. It yeah. should just, you know, again, you can get that one picture. Mm -hmm. Sure. No, there's no problem with that. But just, you know, I just noticed attention spans now <clears> are <throat> are difficult to come by where people can really, you know, yeah. you have to find those specific people like you that love music. Mm hmm you love talking about music, reviewing music, you know, mm. you love that. You and you you appreciate and understand the process that artists have to go through. Mm. Sometimes it's wrong of me to assume everyone that I put it out to is going to be like that. Right. And Especially not. people who go to shows too. Yeah. It's like a lot of people just go out. Yeah. Yeah. The more shows you go to, the, yeah. the more you realize, oh, a lot of these people are yeah. not really yeah. here on purpose. They just yeah. came here because they had nothing else to do on yeah. a Friday night. Absolutely. You know, they're trying to find that they're meet, hooking up with, they're meeting their Tinder date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The back so, of DBA away from the band. And yeah. I Dude, I was very lot. big on, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I was the exact opposite. And he, I know he was, when we would play music in jetpacks. It was like, dude, you're coming to a show. I'm going to give you a show. And, mm -hmm. and I would sometimes, I would always look around and, and want to see if people were really engaged. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they weren't, but I, I still played hard and mm -hmm. I, it made me play even harder and just be more absurd with my stage play. Because in a way, yeah. I just I wanted to entertain people. I wanted people to kind of forget about their troubles. But you know, I feel like that's that's very discouraging and hard now for artists. It's like when you play, it's like man, back then people don't have. You look at any old photos of of people, you know, even in the '90s. You mm -hmm. watch old videos of your favorite bands in the '90s playing. Everyone just had to look at the stage because yeah. you, you no can only look at other people for so yeah. long. You know, yeah, you know, I don't care to look at someone next to me that you know. Yeah. So I I, I guess I have to sit and listen to the music. I have mm -hmm. to focus on why I'm there. No but now phones, it's just so easy. You're not allowed to bring your little shitty yeah. film camera in there. So it's yeah. Just now it's just so show. easier for the band to become a secondary aspect to that DBA or where you're at, wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. The band's not even the focal point. Mm -hmm. And for me, I always treated a, my performances like when you're there, I'm there to like be your Friday night entertainment. Mm -hmm. Well, I yeah. feel I feel like venues especially are 
there are different levels of venues. Say DBA might be that kind of place where, you know, it's not it's not for you where everybody's paying attention. Yeah. You know how it goes. You, you yeah. guys have been to DBA, yeah. right? Yeah. Like half the half of the bar or half of the venue is at the bar, not paying attention to the band. There's a few people up front. Some of them are sitting down on their phones on the couches and whatever. But then if you go to the Echo, you might get that in the back because yeah. they have those like seats in the back. But like most people are right up front. Oh yeah, like, that's a Absolutely. venue where everybody's paying yeah. attention. Right. You know, and then beyond that, I don't know, Palladium or Hollywood Bowl. Everybody's on their phones because everybody's a mile away. I think I shared this mm-hmm. on the last one, but I'll, on the last podcast interview. But I'll tell you because I don't know. If I, I don't remember. I don't remember if if this was with you when you were in the band. Or it might have been after, but we were playing at that, uh, in Fullerton, there's a, a speakeasy there. Or it used to be a speakeasy. Uh, it's a really small, intimate place. The Continental Room? Is it the Continental Room? Is it? In Fullerton? When you kicked okay, out well, your Okay, table? so that was our second show we ever played. I accidentally <laughs> unplugged myself, and I had no idea what was oh, going on. No. And, it, and I have the old footage, and you literally see me look over, and I'm like, Mike! Mike, what's going on? And Mike's just like kind of like Mike's still in the music. He's still into it, so he's just looking over me, like like trying to figure out what's going on, but at the same time not caring because he's he's singing, he's mm. he's playing. And I look down, you see that I'm unplugged, and I have to I have to bend down and plug myself back in, and then start playing, find the find you know count myself back in. But what we were playing there. I I want to say we played a stretch of shows there, and I don't know if this is when you were in the band. I can't mm. remember. But they, well, the coolest thing about that place is they had red curtain, these velvet curtains that mm. open up. And, pres- and you know, and introduce the band, and you play, and then they sh- they close. Yeah. And we were playing, and there was there was a good amount of people there, but none of them cared to listen to us. Huh. They were all just kind of to themselves. They were just they were because there's a bunch of booths. There's a, there's a bar, nice bar. It's just a bar. And too, there right? yeah, there were yeah. people. There were some people that were there for us that went out. And they were obviously watching us, but people that didn't know us, they could care less. And mm. my favorite thing I did because I was so annoyed and pissed off. And, you know, we're in Fullerton. So as the curtains are closing, because our set just finished, the notes ring out. As the curtains closing, I go, good night, Riverside. Thank you. <laughs> and literally when I said that, everyone, like, looks over from the bar. And they just look. And, like, right when they see me, the curtains perfectly conceal us. And I- <laughs> Shit, I don't know if I was there. But I, uh, I was so, we were, I mean, that was one of our favorite stories in the band. But I was just like, I, you know, and they were all just like, oh, you know, looked over at us. And I was like, yeah, yeah, got you. No, represent I, you. I, God, I think the the show we played at the bit was it called the Big Five venue, the Sporting Goods Store? No, 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 no. It it, it was <laughs> there was like nobody there. It was a crazy venue. We had a, we had a lighting rig going on. Oh the, yeah, uh, I forget what it was called. Uh, but yeah, I where I was, was it at? What city? God, I I base uh, it off of city because I know Fontana. I think it was Fontana. Fontana. I know exactly where it was. It was actually in downtown Fontana. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And they actually had it was a theater, and they yep. had. A whole seating that was had no one in there, but they had like a like one of those lighting rigs. My, my fucking drum set was elevated. Yeah, you, know, you, can, yeah. you could see me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that Drummers was a great, used to that. great venue, great yeah. lighting system, great but, sound. Fucking nobody showed up. Yeah. I think we had four friends yeah. show up, you know, and we we had promoted this thing. We were talking about it. Tickets were like five bucks Damn. on a Saturday night, but then Damn. we just kind That's of rephrased it. Yeah, yeah, we 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 ended up rephrasing it as just like a Saturday night band practice. Yeah, <laughs> nobody showed up. Yeah, it's but yeah, I mean, it was still a great. I mean, I think we had a great time. It's just definitely again because I always think about it now, and I I'm trying to go out more, um, and just go listen to bands because I miss doing that because. Mm. You know, I've realized my Friday and Saturday nights are not as exciting anymore because I no longer, you know, play music live to people. But uh, it's just definitely changed. Um, 
in that regard of technology now, where it's just like not a lot of people go out for just that. They just there's so many distractions now. Uh, uh, yeah. And you know, if that for me is just <laughs> you know, when I go to see a band, I want to just give them my full attention because I know from their side mm. what that's like. Yeah, I mean that's why I like places like the Echo or even Resident will do that too, where everybody who's near anywhere near the stage is paying attention. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> yeah, but There's then certain movie theaters you go to in like L.A., it's usually uh, people that are obsessed with cinema, mm-hmm. so they understand even the etiquette of that. When you go to a movie theater, you sit down and you watch the movie. Yeah, you don't get on your phone. You don't, you know, you just. That's why I like Terra Vista. Yeah, there's just, there's <laughs> people just certain people that it. just don't get that. Um, but. Oh man, how do you guys how do you guys see uh, live shows coming up? Like, how is this going to work? Have you have you thought um, have you thought about this? Oh, you mean like the two of us doing a live show? Yeah, I right. mean, we could totally do it. Yeah, we could totally yeah. do it. Um, he has enough material. He has enough quiet, material on his yeah. own to do. Yeah. to do a set. Mm. I could I could easily with with Ableton. Um, that's the the program I use to mm. make my music. I, I was using Logic. And then um, I started going to music production school this year. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Icon Collective. You guys are awesome. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I have to use Ableton now as my, as my program. But um, with Ableton, it's really cool because you can also perform live with it. You could run it as a live setup. Oh, you cool. know, like you could just program everything and then you could trigger samples, trigger sounds, and you could improvise. You know, it's very versatile. So, I mean, if we ever wanted to put together a live show, we are more than capable of doing it and we have the tools to do it. But one thing I want to do is, um, you know, besides just playing music and having like a couple strobe lights going off, I want to create this immersive experience where it's like this audio visual thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, You know, so like if we had, if we were performing false dreaming live, we could have like a backdrop of um, like videos or photos that Vinny has taken and we can make some sort of cool glitched out, um, presentation to the yeah. audience to keep you immersed in it, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we could interact with that, you know, it's something like that. Yeah. I would love to and experiment I think people would with. appreciate that. Even, you know, uh, people appreciate like a production when they know you actually put, you know, it's not just you playing under the, the venue's default lighting. Right, right. You go the extra mile that says, no, we have a specific approach, mm-hmm. you know, but. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, music on this, on this level, on this sound level anyway has to be pumped up pretty loud for a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, to, definitely. Yeah. To really encapsulate the crowd that is there, right? Yeah. The crowd mm-hmm. that's not standing at the bar and making noise yeah. and whatever the, you know, in that little bubble, making sure everybody's paying attention. Yeah. How loud does it get? Like it, I, I'm trying to picture cause I've never been to some, I, I'm not sure I've ever been to a show that would sound like this. I don't know. I, I mean, um, electronic music, I know he goes to a lot of live shows with, like, just electronic artists. Because mm. I, I listen know. to electronica, but I don't really go to, yeah, I haven't really been to too many shows on that. Um, I mean, I don't know, like, everyone's process of how they, how they do it, but, like, basically, you know, our song was mastered a certain way to where it's, it's not super, super loud mm. and distorted or, you know, punchy, but all we'd have to do was really just um, like bounce out the stems a certain way of, of our track and just bring it up to a louder volume, you know, mm-hmm. just, it's just like, just kind of giving it a boost. That's all we'd have to do is really just like, like bounce things out, make yeah. them louder. And then we could make sure it's yeah. up to um, the, the venues sound system, like specifications. Mm-hmm. And then from there we just figure out, you know, it's like, like a sound check, you know, sort of, yeah. you just, you just basically find out what the requirements are and then you go from there. But, Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. I don't know if it's something you'd want to play live. Like, could you play that riff for like four minutes straight in you know, live? Yeah. So I mean, if I can, I I don't belong playing piano. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but I mean, like, there's know, there's right different answer. options. You know, Vinny could, could he could play the yeah. whole thing live from start to finish. We could he could play it for a minute, then he could he could loop it and do something else. You yeah. know. Yeah, which um, is something he would have to teach me because again, yeah. I don't. I'm again in our collaboration. I'm just kind of the, you know, I, I record my part, I know my part, and then he does, you know, he does his magic, mm -hmm. which he's teaching me slowly, which I have such an interest in. Mm -hmm. But I'm used to the old classical band approach, which is, yeah. you know, we <laughs> Let's have, just do it. Yeah, we have to have a real instruments and the way it's like it's a process, oh, but it's definitely something we can do. But I think our main focus right now is to get this out to as many ears as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, figuring out the ways that we can get people to review it, people to mention it, give it a, you know, it's, that's where it takes time. Mm -hmm. It's, it just takes time, especially in this crowded social landscape we live in now. Um, that's our main focus. And then also is just to create more music. You know, we, we already, already have some ideas that we want to work on next and keep creating. Cool. That's, you know, yeah, that's, that's the main focus. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I have about 11 more months of school left. Mm -hmm. And after that, like, I'll be, you know, just just busy 24-7 just, you know, with all, the, all of our ideas that we're planning. And, you know, there's another friend of mine. Um, she came over and she recorded some vocals, um, you know, and I, I actually wrote a song a while back that she did vocals for. So, like, there's, there's a lot of things that already, like, lined up that we could do. Um, but, you know eventually a live show of some sort in some capacity mm -hmm. would be like a dream come true for us because you know, the last thing i want to do is just finney's playing piano and i'm standing up there and i just hit play on one button yeah. and i just don't do anything yeah. you know? like, <laughs> don't I, you mean I, don't you mean a false dream come true uh, uh, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> um, Fitty with the assist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah but uh that's definitely something that we we should talk about mm -hmm. eventually is is forming a live set and having some sort of um you know vision as to how we want to interact with the crowd because like you said like you go to a show now half the time like 80 percent of the crowd is on their phone watching the show through their phone mm -hmm. and yeah. then uploading it to whatever snapchat instagram facebook yeah. just to get that little dopamine release from yeah. a like or a comment mm -hmm. or you know making making your friends rage and jealousy you know fomo <laughs> and all that crap um you know because unfortunately that's <laughs> That's that's pretty much why people do a lot of things these days. Yeah. It's just to broadcast here. This yeah. is what I'm doing right now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm not um, sitting at home. Yeah, anymore. but like I want to make a, I want to bring you to a fucking show that's gonna pull you in and mm. keep your phone in your stupid little pocket <laughs> and um, you know interact with you. That's that's the way I want to do it. Is kind of have a show where we can interact with the audience and have them be part of it, mm -hmm. and then they can walk away with with an experience that didn't involve them just going there to buy a uh, you know a thousand dollar beer and you know, a 10 second video to, in, to upload to your Instagram story. Yeah. You know, there's, there's much more to it, but you know, yeah. fortunately you have to find a way to break through that, that barrier mm -hmm. these days when Which you I, do live yeah. shows. I mean, I, I'm really proud of our, of our song and I hope people, you know, give it a chance and listen to it. And, you know, it's definitely not, I don't think, you know, if you're skimming through the radio these days, you know, it's not going to be the popular song. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, but I That's know there's, I know there's, sure. I know there's a whole slew of people out there that appreciate, uh, soundtracks, mm -hmm. appreciate that. And ambient textures. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there like that and it's just trying to get it out to them and mm -hmm. I think they'll appreciate it. But you know, if, you know, if we're playing, you know, we would have to be, a, it'd have to be a night where either just we play or we're, we're grouped together with just another, it's like an ambient night, which mm -hmm. I think would be a cool thing. 
I think that'd be really cool. It would be, it'd feel weird, but it'd, just, it'd be really <laughs> interesting to just have a whole night of artists who just play ambient music. Um, that'd be cool, especially among other venues that aren't. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. the one that stands yeah. out. Because it is. like when you, Most venues rock just really loud. It's just mm-hmm. really loud. Really loud. So to create something where it's a little more delicate, where people have to almost pay attention to mm-hmm. like get all those subtleties, that I think is a cool idea. And you know what? OPM I think, then. you know what? It's... Sometimes I know people always like lose hope and like where things are going on any aspect, mm-hmm. but I do believe everything goes in, in cycles and I believe there will be a comeback to like certain music trends and certain things. And mm-hmm. you just never know. I mean, really it's, it's so hard to like pinpoint what's going to make something shine more than others. Mm-hmm. It's just very intricate. I, I spend a lot of time thinking about <laughs> that stuff at all times. Oh, it, it's so true. Like how many 22 year olds do you know that know who all? hollow notes is you know all those things but yeah. i everything like everything will come back and old. there will be artists <laughs> that are inspired by them and make music that sounds like them mm. to where their parents can go hey, that that sounds like hollow notes they're doing hollow notes but yeah. it's like it's not that they're ripping them off but it's just like everything everything comes comes in cycles and yeah. you know maybe we will get to a point where where you know people aren't just especially now i feel like people just want does it does it does it bump does yeah. it bump in a club so i can <laughs> rub against someone <laughs> Uh, that's obviously the popular thing. Lyricism, I feel, has been thrown out the window and, and, and bludgeoned before it was thrown out the window. <laughs> that's just my opinion about <laughs> about lyrics in general. It's, it's bad enough they throw the the, the, the the body outside the window. They, they yeah. have to bludgeon it first. That's, that's why I make and then throw it. And not only that, then they have they we, we don't realize they they also lit it on fire and threw it onto a, the, a the, gas truck. The upshot. Up. Yeah, yeah. It's that it's that, that static shot looking American up from me. American me where he's falling from the prison. It's like that. That that's basically lyricism these days. Not every artist is. There's there's a lot of great music out there. There is, but when I can even think about it, just I just feel like there's been a a total lack of of people that want to talk about something more than just you know a tinder yeah app yeah the heart <laughs> social aspect yeah do you know what i mean well it's when the, i hear swipe right or swipe left in a song i've lost i've lost touch <laughs> i'm out no yeah, matter lost the rest me of it. yeah i'm out for the well camp. it's the uh, it's the attention span thing right yeah, it's the like attention span you is, have yeah. five seconds well like you said like trailers these days well he didn't say it here but he told me a long time it's like when you watch a trailer online there's a trailer before a trailer yeah Drives me crazy. You know, because a two-minute trailer is just too long <laughs> yeah. of my time. You know what I felt really bad about? I was watching old commercials from, like, the 90s just to see. Yeah. Like, just to remember them. Best. There were ads before the commercials and before these videos. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm watching an ad before mm-hmm. ads. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, it pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's, attention span is something we need to all, like, work on. Yeah. It's, dude, I'm guilty of it all the time. Sometimes I'm working on my computer. I'm yeah. editing something. or Like, when I'm waiting for it to render. Yeah, on the editing, I'll what look at my phone, I, yeah. and then I will look at my phone, oh, and then so, so finally I just have to scene. finally have to grab my phone and just throw it like ah, just yeah. get away. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like an exorcism. I just got to get the demon out of me. Like, ah, just get away. They're beating it now with, uh, like, you can skip after five seconds, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially on YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's just make the ads five seconds. But see, and phone now you can't skip. Phone companies <laughs> yeah. just heard. Phone companies just heard that I throw my phone to get it away from me. So what they're gonna do is create a boomerang shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucker just comes back. Uh. <laughs> It's so true. God, the creepy <laughs> things they're going to come up with, yeah. like the fact that they're already listening. Like I had this really creepy moment where we've all had this at this point, right? Where you're talking about something, the mic picked it up and you go to Google. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. my yeah. God. Oh, uh, absolutely. Like, I feel like, I feel like that story's 
too common mm-hmm. in, in a short amount of time. Because mm-hmm. that used to be a scary thing, and now it's like everybody's... It's a reality yeah. now. Yeah. I was, I was talking to my girlfriend, Victoria, about this. Like, mm. uh, my birthday's next month, and I was telling her, like, yeah, I really want I really want to just get, like, a nice watch for myself, you know? Like, this yeah. is a milestone birthday. I want to celebrate it. And I shit you not, not even uh, I fucking five, ten minutes later, I go on Gmail, mm. and there's an ad for a watch right there. Yeah. You know, it's your phone really is listening to you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the, it's the reality we live in. But yet again, we all accept it. You know, like we, there's you, nothing we can do. You're not going to read those terms and conditions, <laughs> yeah. are you? No. You, know? yeah. <laughs> you just want to get straight to the point and just hit it. I agree. There's probably a boomerang advertisement on my Facebook page right now. Oh yeah, after this podcast, we should check our emails and see what yeah. kind of ads we have. You Flights know? to yeah. Australia, starting at... Yeah. <laughs> Fucking American Me, nine ninety nine dollars and yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, we're going to see all sorts of stuff. But yeah. I had a um, moment where I was thinking about something. Uh-oh. And then I was like, oh, wait, I'm going to look it up before I forget. There was, was the yeah. ad. There we yeah. go. And I was like, yep. okay, it had that's, to be a That's it. Minority part. That's yeah. it. That's, we're that's, not digging into future advertisement. Pre-crime. Yeah. Dude, you never know. Sorry. Oh, cool. um, that was a weird sound effect to put on your podcast. Why'd yeah. you push that button? <laughs> the bottle falling. <laughs> You're usually supposed yes. to do that when someone you know says something really foul. You use that. <laughs> that was just real. That'll be it every time we swear. Yeah. In this podcast. You just hear that. Yeah. <laughs> you hear that noise. <laughs> and then the slightest. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. I think that's one thing about. Um, not just with musicians, you know, directors, writers, artists, fucking, um, you know, poets. And when you put your art out there in the world, you have to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the last thing you want to do is make art for people that you're, you're like catering to everyone, you know, like um, you, you got to stay true to yourself and right. make what you believe in and what feels, what feels, um, you know, what's feeling that fire in your heart. Mm-hmm. You have to, that's what you have to make and what you have to give to the world, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's how you get cult followings. And yeah, you have to keep you know? creating. Yeah, you want to just keep creating, just mm-hmm. keep putting content out there, and um, you know, people that uh, will will like it will will tell you and show you and show up at your shows and support your art, mm-hmm. and then from there everything can just take off, you know. And um, but I think the, the the most important thing is to always just stay true to yourself and um, make music or make art for you, um, and just don't. Be a sonic animator that gives in to you know the, the mob on the internet. Yeah. And, don't be a hedgehog. You know, man. and they, they have <laughs> like you know they have their reasons. <laughs> they have their reasons why they wanted to back you know um yeah. you know pretty much listen to yeah. everyone and, and redo it. But yeah, I don't. That's I just, feel like that sets a danger. I wonder like how many animators were they listening to? Yeah. Like how many fellow animators were they listening to, or were they just listening to the bunch of assholes on Twitter? Just yeah. looking for something. Twitter to is the about. most toxic place on the internet yeah. right now. Like <laughs> it's, I, it's, I hate yeah. it so much, yeah. but I still I go to it for like my news source. But like if you read everyone's replies to just everything, it's just yeah. the worst of the worst. You know. Yeah, you I just... tried to get into it and I ran into those snags and I'm like, nah. I'm yeah, done. it's it's toxic. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> but yeah. it's a, a necessary evil for certain things. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. It's it's an invaluable resource. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's it's just easy for everyone to to say their business and it's just. And most of them are just doing it to do. It's become like a cliche of a cliche. Just like, like no, we just we know it's funny to to pretend we're, you know, offended or just like it's just an all over the landscape. It's just people are just doing it just for the gag of it. Mm-hmm. They're not even really being sincere. They're just doing it to do. Yeah. And well, that's everybody's where been become, handed a microphone. Yeah, and that's where it becomes <laughs> that's where it becomes an issue. And it's like if you actually go in on an argument with one of those people, you've already lost. Yeah. You know, you just <laughs> you just have to walk away and just give them the satisfaction of feeling 
like they're special, but knowing that a year from now they're going to get a Facebook post that reminds them of just how <laughs> degraded and <laughs> invaluable they are. And then they, you know, and then, you know, then they're the American me shot jumping out of a building, right? <laughs> yeah. I really hope somebody gets that reference. <laughs> so listening to this. I know. Just type in American yeah. me. Ending, on YouTube and just you'll see me you know the one thing I love about working with Andrew too is we, we share the same dark humor mm-hmm. uh, we shared we shared everything like that we just have that same perspective so that's why that's why this that's why this collaboration just made so much sense and and you know we're finally done with it and hooray it's great yeah, yeah. I you know so if you're out there listening please give it a listen uh, you know go on and go on a nightly drive roll the windows down um, and and take it in you know take in take in your surroundings the city that you reside in you know let it let it speak to you through this song because that's Mm. those were the intentions we had going into it and you know that's you know we want to connect with you on that that's what that's what art's about you know connecting with you know wanting people to kind of have that that experience that you were going through when you're making it and Mm -hmm. and i i think i'm really happy with this song man (laughs) i i'm really proud of it there's not one thing that i would change on it at all like I, I even like the length of the song. You know, most people, you know, you that, that's my rule is give it give us some give it give them something that's short and sweet. Have them have them asking for more. But mm. when I think about this song, it's like you know, even another minute would have kind of no. I think it's fine. Because I, I, what's it at? Like roughly two and a half? No, three and a half. Minutes. Three and a half. Oh. Little no, three three 50, minutes and forty three seconds. Oh, three seconds. seconds to be precise. But but really, the way it builds, the way it grows, and the way it culminates, it's yeah. just it's sweet in the pocket. Yeah, it, and that's, it just not blossoms. Prompt, and that's what it was meant to be. Yeah. Imagine a scene in a movie where it doesn't need dialogue and the character's just traveling. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be that kind of music where it's in one of those one of those scenes in a movie where they still show they're they're still advancing the narrative, the story's happening, but they don't need to use dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that's what this song for me is. I could you know, I, w- I would love to see, I could see it in a movie like that. And it just it's that perfect length where it's not too long. It doesn't overindulge in any one part of it. Mm-hmm. It just it's just short and sweet. It's perfect. And you know, it's our it's our introduction to you know putting something out together. So you never know. And future songs we make, we might make them two hours and forty minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think one move one over. Thing, yes, uh, <laughs> your albums are too short. We're gonna like totally outdo a Yes album. <laughs> That'll be the future. Could you imagine like that would be the next like hip hop? Oh, dude, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't. Dude, they had that band had music. that band had songs that were eighteen minutes long. Eighteen minutes. You look, listen to "Close to the Edge" by Yes. That song is eighteen minutes of just pure auditory bliss. It's Jeez. amazing, and it's eighteen minutes. And when they played it live, it was probably twenty-five minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah. man, how cool was that? You know. But it still, it doesn't matter. Length is really, you know, un- it, it, you know, it, certain songs it works, certain songs it needs to be short. But you know, for what we created, I think it's just a perfect, sweet little package that we can offer the listener. Yeah, and, I thought. Yeah, and I thought it was a journey. A, yeah, perfect length. I'm glad. To, I'm glad that you said that. I thought it was only two and a half minutes long because uh, it was like I no, said. No, we're, we're not Blink One Eighty Two. We're not a Blink One Eighty Two song. No, Are you guys okay. gonna go to Area Fifty One? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna watch the people go into Area Fifty One. <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, no, I mean, I'm very, very, very excited about. Please that. take field recordings. Uh, I'm oh, not gonna God. be. I'm <laughs> not gonna rate it because rate. I do heed the the warning signs that are out there. Um, but I'm. I'm honestly just ha- I'm honestly excited that there's just been a resurgence of interest in Area yeah. 51, you know. The all, Bob, Lazar, Bob Lazar, you know. I was listening yeah. to that stuff. Art Bell. Art Bell. We talking about I Art love Bell, right? Art Bell, and yeah. if only he was still alive, he yeah. would be. He would be having such a field day with this because <laughs> it's just great. I mean, it, dude, it, it, there is something just I love about it. 
But I know there's going to be people out there who are the ones that want to want to push the envelope and and pull try to pull off a stunt that will get them and garner them that many likes, that much attention, which it probably will. Oh, people are going to But die. it might cost yeah. them their life. Yeah. Of course. But they will go down in history. Uh, so I do think this is something that is beyond just an internet joke, and it's something that I'm intrigued in. Yeah. I already know a few people that I'm not going to mention, but I just because I wouldn't do that. But there's people that that I even know that are that I follow that they they've already put up. You know, it's it's no, it's a signal of you know the Antichrist, the the aliens are this represent. We gotta we gotta not follow that. You know, it's like <laughs> dude, it's becoming. You know, I don't know if you ever seen the movie Contact, where yeah. they. I love that film, and it's like almost becoming that where you're just getting so many different just you know, intense reactions from different, you know. Oh, there was that, even that, that hyper-religious group. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to happen. There's there's probably going to be, you know, you remember in the 90s when there was that comet that came, the Heaven's Gate, the yeah. Heaven's Gate cult in San Diego, they all committed suicide because they thought, you know, that the, 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 the comet was going to, like, be a vessel for them to, like, journey to their next. There was a UFO behind it. Something, It yeah. was, like, trailing behind yeah. it. And, yeah, and <laughs> what I'm saying is, and when you, when you think of the absurdity of that, you go, how could anyone think that? But people did because they took their lives. Mm-hmm. So when I think of something like this, I just, I just know there's going to be those people that are just daredevils. There's mm-hmm. daredevils, not, you know, not every daredevil is just someone who jumps out of an airplane. Daredevils are just people who are willing to just say, no, you know what? I am going to go out to Area 51, and I am going to raid it. I am going to show. I'm going to record it. I'm going to document it. There's yeah. so much documentation, which is good now. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out popcorn. <laughs> I definitely am. I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm mad I have to wait how much longer. It's in September. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I, did they just pick that was... date to pick that date? I feel like I feel like they've already garnered enough steam. Are people going to still think about it for the next, what, month and a half? or? It's true. That I'm just kind of interested. Like, why didn't they just do it? Like, it seems like right now we're at the pinnacle. Uh, it won't be forgotten. People are still going to do it. But you well, just think they would have... a bunch of people booked hotel rooms. Oh, gosh. There's they like a little town oh, out there. It's going that far. Yeah. They, oh, my they God. Oh, yeah. Vegas is probably going to get... Uh, booked up. Vegas Jesus. is going to go... That Trying to get a weekend in Vegas there is probably going to be out <laughs> insane. Because people will stay in Vegas. Because it's only, like, what, 90 miles? Yeah. Uh, but there's that small town right outside of Area 51 that probably has one motel. But... Oh, dude, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be so interesting. So I can tell you this though: uh, when you're driving, fall streaming is a great accompaniment. To, to <laughs> you want. Especially when you're going yeah. about Bakersfield area. Yeah, yeah it's, it's be- <laughs> I, dude, I'm I'm very intrigued. I I really hope they they do it, and um, I'm I'm just I'm just curious. I I wouldn't I wouldn't advise people to do it because I know the government. You know, in that situation, they're not. Oh, I love how polite the they're armed uh, guards. Did you see dude. the the uh, Air Force warning? Yeah, oh, I read that. Yeah, it was like <laughs> polite as hell, but they were like, "Don't fuck with us. Like, we can't wait to test out the new weapons." Yeah, so. like, okay, you know what? Actually, for those going to the Area Fifty One raid, please listen to our song as you're running towards fifty cal bullets flying past your face, <laughs> because you deserve that. Like, I mean, that I'm sorry, but that's like one of the dumbest things you could do is is charge an Air Force base, especially one that with a high reputation like Area Fifty One, yeah. and not expect the Air Force to defend their base. You know, like, yeah. come on, dude. You couldn't, you couldn't raid March Air Force Base. And you couldn't raid any. It's more or less like out of that. commission, right? Like, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and um, good well, luck, guys. Yeah, yeah I, best I, of I luck really, to you. Uh, Let us know how it how it goes when after. But it know. definitely is interesting how fast things can flare up on the internet and become suddenly big. Like I, you know, mm. Bob Lazar was on like one podcast and suddenly it just like blew up and suddenly it's like overnight. It was like yeah. face app out of nowhere. I'm just uh, glad that his story hasn't changed. That's really encouraging. 
He's I dude. It hasn't I'm, changed since I am, he was on You know, I'm in the middle with all that stuff. It's like you know what? I can't fully deny nor fully accept it. It's just like you, you never know. Yeah. Like maybe this will get us one step closer, or they've already planted a you know a fake one, fake UFO like beyond you know before before you're 51. Be like, there it is. <laughs> you never know. I think if they are hiding it, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. There's a two people know about it, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think there's anything we're ever going to be able to do. Uh, it's going to be their choice, you know, if we know about it or not. I know you're really intrigued by this because I know you love sci-fi. I love that you stuff. love that yeah. stuff. You you I love X Files. X Files yeah. is your and I I loved that you know, like that, those shows as growing up. So I, I'm really intrigued. By like what's all of my childhood happen. fears came from that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how can we find you guys individually and collectively? Uh. Yeah, well, yeah, we you don't want have to promote anyway. Like yeah, your, your yeah. social media and whatnot. Maybe uh, not your personal Facebook and you know. Oh yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you I'm pretty boring on my personal. On, on all the streaming services. Yeah, it's everywhere. YouTube, Apple Music, Tidal, Spotify, uh, Pandora. You can find you, you know, and just type in "human offline" fall streaming, and uh, you'll you'll find it right away. Um, yeah, as far as. Um, like a shared page, we don't have anything quite like that yet. But I feel like the more we go on with our project, we'll probably end up, you know, I, I feel like we could go down the road of like creating a whole new like project title. Yeah, you we know. might actually we might actually set up outside of Area Fifty One. <laughs> yeah, plenty of our you wanted a live song. Oh please, we do. have a crowd for that. That's, that that's one that way to go viral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. That might be the song that represents this, you know, zeitgeist. This might be it right here, just full streaming. Area yeah, Fifty One. But, also, um, might be your final single because it, they're gonna snipe yes, you. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm on one of the. I'm one of those unfortunate background characters that die that didn't even like go there with the intentions of trying to be rebellious. But, <laughs> but you know, a bullet will somehow careen towards me, even yeah. that we're packing up, and a bullet just takes me out. <laughs> you had hopes in the in the initial script, but they yeah. had to write you off. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. That's life in the in the entertainment business. But uh, yeah. We've, I think we've said all we needed to, to yeah. say. I'm the one takeaway I think from a lot of people that I've heard that have listened to the song is um, everyone has like an experience when they listen to it. Mm. You know, they tell me uh, they they picture themselves uh, like driving down the coast with the the sunroof rolled down, you mm. know, like right at the peak of dusk or something, and or the, the peak of dawn, whatever. Um, you know, I've I've had that's the one thing I think I've taken away from this this song is. Everyone has their own like visceral experience in their head of how it made them feel. Mm-hmm. You know, for for me, my personal when I think of the song, when I hear it, um, Mulholland Drive is like this this canyon that mm-hmm. this road that goes through the canyon of like Los Angeles, and so many sweeping landscapes you you pass by, and there's one particular spot that uh, I think I've taken you there. It's right off Mulholland. Mm-hmm. You, you park on yep. the side of the road, and like downtown is just right there. And if you go there at a certain time of night, the, all the lights just twinkle and just shine. And that is the spot I think of when I hear this song. Yeah. Oh, wow. And we would love to hear anyone out there who listens to the song, you know, to hear your feedback, you know, to let us, mm. to let us know. Obviously, they could find Human Offline. That, that's the name on Instagram, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Human Offline is uh, my artist name. Um, if you're wondering how I got that name, basically, uh, my friends and I, we... We, we were experimenting with psychedelics back in the day 
and before <laughs> we would take our little LSD uh, tab, yeah. uh, we, we had this joke that, you know, human offline, you know, like, <laughs> you're, you're, oh. you're powering down, you know, sort of yeah. thing. But that's, that's where the name originates from. Mm. Um, no, I, I was curious about that. I was actually going to ask you that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's like where it came from. Yeah. But to me, what it means to me now is like, um, you know, we're... <laughs> You know, we're all we're all like these like, sentient beings, but at the same time, um, you know, the whole aspect of like, I, I've always been fascinated between the relationship of man and machine, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just like kind of when you when you do something to take you to like a different you know a different place in your life, or if you try to put yourself like in a certain headspace, or just like um, like in Collateral, you know, he has that picture of the island on his yeah pull down mirror and he says like sometimes i just pull this down i just stare at this picture and i just i just go there Mm -hmm. that's kind of like that's kind of like the idea behind human offline is like separating yourself from reality and going to a place where you can like you know feel safe or um just escape your current moment in life yeah no it's a great name i i loved it the first time i I heard it thank you i i didn't feel the same way about the early jetpacks band names before Jetpacks was Jetpacks. Do you know what our name was? Bef- you know what their no. original name is? Should we unveil this finally for anyone that's probably not, <laughs> you know, a Jetpacks fan who's listening? Uh, what, what was it? Was, We're going to get an angry uh, so he, uh, tweet. Yeah, the, original, the original name was Michael Bay Explosions. <laughs> yeah, but due to obvious reasons, <laughs> probably wouldn't have been yeah. the best to use that. But know? I just thought it had no rhythm. Like when you hear that, it's just there's too many like, Michael Bay Explosions. should have spelled Bay like B-A-E. Yeah. Yeah, we would have spelled it differently. <laughs> Michael Bay like explosions. like uh, like Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Just Tom Cruise. But you yeah. know, but Human <laughs> Offline just it's a great there's just something about it. It's just clean sounding. It's just it, it like it rolls off the tongue well, human offline. Hmm. And it means it has kind of like an existential kind of yeah. grasp to it, which I like. And then when you put that with again this title False Dreaming, it's suddenly like, wait, this is you know, it's a fun you know, you can kind of interpret it however the hell you want to. Mm. And I like that. And I like I like a title that makes you kind of think about it. I hear a book in this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think that'd be a great right uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a great book title, False yeah. Dreaming. Um, you never know. Let's uh exhume uh, Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> make him write it. Be called False Dreaming, you know. Take, there he is right he, there's actually people that listen, there's actually a skeleton in this studio. <laughs> And I thought it was their past podcast. He, we're going to be cannibalized after this. <laughs> I was initially going to say like it was my first podcaster, but you were my first podcaster. I was, yeah. dude. What did he, that was a fun night. That was exciting. That was fun. You know what? Okay. You know what? I'm glad I didn't do this time because I actually re-listened to that podcast. Uh, I talked over. Oh, you, you were the one. Lo- I talked over you a lot. Did you? I got like mad at myself. Like I was listening back to the podcast. Like, dude, I kept cutting them mm. off. Oh, like, it was about you. First I was off, like, so I was being, I was being that person. <laughs> In LA on the sh- on the on the freeway, just cutting people off without a blinker. <laughs> I was just cutting you off, and I was yeah. like, "What am I doing? I got to learn to just." I was I was uncharacteristically nice to you then in that case because I would have been flipping you off. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> so I learned since then to just you know not do that as much. So, no, it's been great. Yeah, well, yeah, thank this you. was a great experience. Thank you for having us, man. Yeah, this is really for, exciting. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you very Absolutely. much. And this beautiful view on top of the U.S. Bank Tower, dude, it's great. <laughs> see all of L.A. I'm gonna do that one day. Yeah, I'm gonna get like just those clear. Uh, what are the the, the either, screens that drummers yeah. using in churches usually? Either that or up oh, by the yeah. wisdom. Either that or up by the wisdom tree. We can do a podcast, which is a beautiful. <laughs> I know. Have you been? Have you? Hike? I know you like to hike. Have you hiked to the wisdom tree? No. Is it hike. the tree in Atawanda? Or no, 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 no. no. This like, is a big tree. Look right? at the Hollywood sign, and then look to the left, and you'll see a tree, a solitary tree that just stands out on the very top. Uh, he hikes it all the time nice. and it affords you one of the most gorgeous views of LA the mm. whole uh, the valley LA it's it's wonderful so we should do one there 
Oh, it'd be wonderful. <laughs> you should just come out. You should go on a hike. I yeah. Think you, I think you would totally oh, dig I'm it. Down. You would totally dig it. So cool. Well, I'll thank you for having us. All the, uh, edit out all of the uh, influencers that are hanging around there too, though. So. I don't even know if we're able to hike there because it's all for influencers only. Oh great! Is it one of those places? Because they have wisdom. <laughs> it, it, it is now. Trees. It is now. Like I've been going up there since 2012, yeah. and it wasn't like that. But now you go up there, and, like I've I've literally told girls going up there that have I, like they'll ask me how to get to the sign, and I look at the, what they're wearing. They're wearing like high heels, yeah. <laughs> a dress, and I'm like, I'm just, like no, oh, just no. turn around, just go. You're gonna die, Justin. I know you have a really hard. I know <laughs> this is not your hike. I know. I know we're trying to wrap this up, but I I, I have to say this. I know you have a really big problem with that word. Influencers. Influencers? Yeah. Oh, it's a have very you been biz- reading my... Uh, yeah, I just know you... Yeah, it just influencers <laughs> in general. It's just a very funny concept. By yeah. the way, I wanted to tell everyone, um, mm. if uh, if you give me a free stay at your hotel, I'll give you exposure dollars <laughs> by, uh, <laughs> by tagging you one of my photos. So I'm very valuable. Oh, no. I have about 400 followers on Instagram. Yeah. So please, uh, yeah, please give me your money and I will give you exposure. Thank you very much. You know oh, what I man. did like about that that idea though, <laughs> because everybody everybody hated it. Everybody called it out for what it was. It just like total bullshit. But anyone who's done anything artistic for money, we we've all heard the same thing. Oh yeah, uh, ex- for exposure, can you shoot for me or can you yeah. write this thing for me? Write write this piece for me. Tables have turned now. Yeah, no, you know, <laughs> it's like it's great. It still sucks because it's like it's a shitty move to make, but like. It, the tables have turned and it just made me feel like yeah yeah really justice you know now you know how that feels you know <laughs> yeah that's sadly the uh the society we're going through right now is um exposure in exchange for services yeah so no yeah. thank you bargaining with yeah. nothing yeah exactly. <laughs> with little with very little anyway yeah <laughs> so you can yeah. go uh i don't know that's what's funny when like when Facebook shuts down when, when Facebook like sh- go you know when they had the thing where like it was like shut down it was like temporarily out of service oh yeah those guys those people were freaking out because that's like their sure you know what I mean what if it did go down for a they'd full be depressed day? this is what happened they'd be de- the influencers would be depressed they'd go out and drink their life away dr- drive home get pulled over for driving under the influencers there <laughs> another shit they joke. listening to false dreaming though yeah <laughs> yes. <laughs> So before they were caught driving under the influencers, they were listening to false dreaming. And it, yeah. They were falsely dreaming. Yeah. Well, hopefully the song. They thought they were already yeah. home. I'm hoping yeah. the song isn't too relaxed. Where we're like the new age Kenny G, where you just fall asleep while you're driving. It's not that there, but it's pretty relaxed. Yeah, it's chill. That's I why it. I don't That's listen I to Brian Eno while, while I drive oh, home you can't. from LA because I, I just can't. Oh, you I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put them on when you just want to. Mm when you want to meditate and you want to think deeply about something and you just put away all your distractions and listen to a Brian Eno album mm-hmm. and it just takes you there. So, yeah. or, or false streaming out now in all uh, streaming services. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I listen to our song. I'll give you exposure bucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> listen to our song and just message us and we'll give you a, we will, we will thoroughly contact each and every one of you and have a conversation. It will not be an automated response. We will genuinely respond back to you, and 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 have a conversation with you. I don't. I, real, I think you've realized what you've done. That's a lot of work. It's a can of worms right there. I give me every worm. I I am, <laughs> trust me. I am totally down, dude. Trust me, because I think about the amount of time I waste on social media. Sometimes, if I could put those amount of hours in just contacting every single person that contacts us and writes back to us, I'll totally do it. Because then I have a reason to really be on there, mm. you know, productively. Rather than just skim <laughs> through it and just go, oh, look, look, look who's babies eating food. Yeah. 
That's why I try How to open cute. up a news article every now and then. Maybe I'll read that later. How but cute. But it's open. Oh, you're eating a taco for dinner. <laughs> How delicious. Oh, it's everywhere now. Yeah. Oh, so if anyone so out there, you contact us, we will give you a, a very, you know, we will respond back to you in really, really in, a, in an appreciative manner. So <laughs> cool. that's all I have to say about that. Thank you so much, Justin. <laughs> cool. It's always Thanks, a pleasure. Guys. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us.